0: CHAPTER 24 SOMETHING LIKE A DRUG Much as he had done the night before, Herman took a single step into his old apartment. Like then he did so with hesitancy, which was tinged by a sudden fear that he was letting Anna down by not doing enough to survive, which he now believed was the source of the disappointment he had felt in Colonel Riedel's office. Could he somehow convince Colonel Riedel that Meyer wasn't the killer, he asked himself? But he couldn't come up with an answer to this, so like the night before, he continued inside the room. Like then, the guard closed the door. This caused him to stop, just before he heard another sound of something slipping under the door. Turning toward this, he saw a folded pink slip of paper on the floor, and he walked up to it, He further grabbed and opened it, and he saw the deportation order he had received to Theresienstadt. What is it, came on a soft voice from nearby. Spinning his head toward her, Herman saw that she was once more sitting in her rocking chair and once more staring at her paintings. He further recognized this as having happened during one of the few difficult periods of their marriage. With nothing to do all day and nowhere to go during his last years in Prague, Herman spent most of his time in the apartment with Anna. This led to unavoidable tension as the weeks and the months of his confinement continued. On top of this was the constant fear of the sword hanging over both their heads, which was just about to fall. It's nothing, he insisted as he crumpled up the page. Just some stupid ad. From her fright as she turned toward him, Herman could tell that she didn't believe him. But I think she tried to believe, because, based on something Viera told me, the alternative would have been unbearable. Herman had become something like a drug to Anna, the woman said in the restaurant on top of her building. During the occupation, whenever he was away from their apartment for even the briefest of moments... She would go crazy with worry over what could happen to him. She couldn't think straight. She couldn't control her actions. Herman could see the worry all over Anna's face that night in their apartment. He could see to her upper lip quiver a bit before she tried in vain to allay her fears by asking him in check. She hush. But Herman couldn't swear. He couldn't swear to a thing, so he turned from her and he hurried away with a single thought bouncing around the insides of his head. He wouldn't tell her the truth. He even convinced himself that it would be better for her if she didn't know, though he would admit that even then he knew it would only be better for him. His shame from this caused him to hurry even more. He hurried to a nearby closet to hide the deportation order, and he afterward rushed inside the bedroom, where he noticed he was back in the present tense. Like the night before, his feather bed was on the floor, and the bare pillow was on top of it. Like then, he felt himself hollowing out, and like then he collapsed onto the bed and grabbed the pillow. Here he tried to will himself to remember something, anything that would bring him some happiness, but he had no control over what he relived and he again found himself on the night he met Anna. It was late, and Herman was dragging a drunken Klaus home, with Anna walking a few steps behind. By this point of the evening, Herman could understand why she was still hanging around with them, as even he had become tired of them. He was especially tired of Klaus, who had been getting more ornery and unpleasant with each beer that passed through him, while getting more obnoxious as well. The climax of the latter was when he began slurring the opening verse of a popular Czech folk song about a little town not far away. A song called Kulina Kulina, which would have a lot of meaning to me, as my grandfather taught it to me when I was a boy, because the name of the town is similar to my own. It was a song that I, too, was slurring on that freezing desert night when the rains fell harder and the waters rose all around me. Klaus didn't even bother with the song's second verse. Instead, he leaned against Herman and raised his fist high into the air before screaming the final line of the song to the whole city. Koli Anna chuckled at this. She chuckled for a long time before saying, You sing that better than Czechs do. Where'd you pick it up? I don't know, Klaus stammered while barely keeping his balance. I've never even been to Colleen. The song just flew into my head and started singing itself. I should have guessed with a name like Stamm you'd be a drunkard, Herman declared, as he struggled to move Klaus forward. ''In the army,'' Klaus uttered. ''They called me Corporal Stammgast." Klaus Wright then saluted, and again Anna chuckled before saying, ''That word is one of the few things Czechs and Germans can agree on. We spell Stammgast a little differently, but it means the same exact thing. A good-for-nothing drunk wasting his life away at the same pub every night like the stump of a tree.'' It's only the same word, Klaus growled, because you copied it from us. You people are incapable of an original idea, just like you say Brila and Machlerge and Kesheft, all German in their origin. If you hold Czechs in such low regard, Hermann interjected, why do you speak their language so well? Know thine enemy, Klaus screeched, no, thine enemy. Is that what you think of me, Klaus? Anna jokingly asked. I'm going to turn you into a German, my dear, he claimed, oblivious to her jests. Yea, Maria, she cried out, as if I didn't have enough problems. Klaus didn't exactly respond to this. He just collapsed unconsciously onto the sidewalk. "'in spite of Herman's efforts to keep him upright. "'Well, I think it's time for me to go home,' Anna let Herman know, "'though he could tell she didn't want their night to end any more than he did. "'Let me walk you home,' Herman insisted, "'while noticing that one of Klaus's shirt buttons was in his hand. "'It'll take me just a minute to get him into bed. "'Well, maybe it'll take me a little longer than that. "'But you can wait in the lobby.' I can get home on my own, you know, she grumbled. I'll have you know that I was schooled by Alishka Krasnohorska herself. Who's Alishka Krasnohorska, he asked. One of this country's greatest writers, she replied, and a feminist. W- what's a feminist, he asked next. Someone who believes women are equal to men in every respect, she explained. "'Then I'm a feminist, too,' he asserted. "'Men can't be feminists,' she howled. "'What about President Mazarik? Herman howled back. "'I remember reading an article he wrote in Nasha Doba, "'in which he was speaking much like you. "'And didn't he take his wife's last name when he married her?' "'Look,' Anna groaned. "'All I was trying to say is that I don't need someone to walk me home.' "'I know you don't,' he said. But Klaus would be very upset with me in the morning if he found that I let you walk home alone. That's all. That's all, she inquired, with her arms crossed and her back to Herman. That's the only reason you want to walk me home, Herr Weiss? Herman didn't respond to this right away. He didn't till she turned her head toward him, which is when he looked into her eyes. He looked so deeply that he lost not only himself but his train of thought though he was still somehow able to shake his head. They both smiled at this, but it was interrupted by a knocking sound. Herman tried to ignore the sound. He tried to ignore it and remain in his memory, or whatever it was. But the sound was persistent, and it returned him to his bedroom, where he realized that it was coming from his front door. It kept getting louder and more frantic, and he tumbled off his bed and onto his feet before stumbling out of the bedroom, where he noticed all the rain falling outside the window. Slota, he mumbled. The knocking on the door continued and got louder. I'm coming, he called out, and he stammered toward the door. But suddenly he stopped when he noticed something was in his hand. A shirt button. Klaus's shirt button. It can't be, he muttered in shock, before he reached inside his jacket pocket. Slowly he reached, and he found the old brass compass the bookshop owner had given him during his re-experience the night before, which compounded his shock. Suddenly the front door swung open, in the threshold of this stood Klaus, who was both wet and more excited than Hermann had seen him since their reacquaintance. Captain Kleiner has just been murdered, he hollered.